When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Planner Talk Podcast. I am your host, Vienna Ortiz, and this podcast is going to bring you all the planner chat, all the planner community chat, productivity chat, time management, talk with other business owners and community members, as well as mental health, and just anything hot topics or hot takes or controversial takes, all of the above. And so without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Planner Talk Podcast. I am so excited that you're here for this episode. This is an episode that I have been looking forward to for some, for quite some time now. And this is an episode where I have a special guest, and her name is Cynthia. Um, if you follow her on Instagram, you know her at Cynthia Plans, and she's going to do her whole introduction. She is absolutely fantastic, full of knowledge, just so well spoken and I couldn't think of anyone better to have this conversation with and so as you can see by the title this episode is called our Instagram changes ruining the planner community and yes that's kind of a clickbait title but really this is a conversation that we got into on our own and I really want her to come on because I know a lot of people are feeling you know some type of way about the planner community these days and Maybe Instagram is contributing to that, but we also talk a lot about how we can use Instagram to our advantage and all things that Instagram has to offer to our advantage advantage as a community. So in this episode, we really kind of talk about the logistics and then we sympathize with both sides and we just have a really great conversation about this entire topic. And so I'm so excited that you're here. Let's just jump into this episode. I think you're going to love it. Cynthia, I'm excited to have you here on the podcast. I've been wanting you on the podcast for a long time. And then, you know, uh, this topic kind of came up and I was like, this is perfect. And so I'm super excited you agreed to chat today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here too. I love your podcast um, and I'm excited to have thought you're back and you're doing it and I'm excited to be a guest. It's very special, obviously for me. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, you're the best. I wanted you to just kind of like uh, introduce yourself, I suppose, like some, you know, introduce yourself to the people who don't know who you are and like what you do and all of that. Yeah. I mean, I guess most people in the planner community or planner adjacent community know me as Cynthia plans, or if you don't know me, that's my Instagram, Cynthia plans. And, um, you know, I'm a working mom. I've got a business and I have been working in marketing for over 10 years. So I kind of share a lot of different things on my Instagram. It's planning stuff and time management for parents that are kind of in a similar situation to encourage them and, you know, give them the tips and tricks that are helpful for me to kind of keep it all together. I definitely talk about business to an extent on there as well. I have a virtual assistant and marketing consultancy business. And then, um, like I said, I've worked in marketing for over 10 years um, with a specific focus, the last half of my career um, in social media. So I try to share tips and advice and strategies to support content creators online that are maybe newer, kind of starting out and, you know, basically myth busts, but also empower them to feel like they understand what they're doing 
doing and how they can actually see results and outcomes from the things that they're working on. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. And I, you guys, this is going to be like an information packed podcast <laughs> we're chat, but she's really like, you're really knowledgeable about so much um, different things, but like so related to what people are interested in the planet community, which I think is what you bring to the community, just so much knowledge and also um, like uniqueness. It's just different. So I love it. So thanks for being here. <laughs> um, okay. So quick little icebreaker. I okay. want to know what your ideal day of relaxation would look like if you had one full day to yourself, no plans, and you were just alone. What would you do? Um, I feel like it'd probably be pretty not exciting, actually. Like, I feel like the, you know, ideal answer for most people might be like, go to a spa or go do something fun. Um, but for me, like, I was like kind of alluded to earlier, there's so much, um, going on in my life that for me it'd probably just be a day of like wake up when I want to when my body wants to not when I have to you know have my cup of coffee um ideally it's like I don't know maybe a barista comes and makes me like a super fancy latte or something I can make a good cup of coffee at home but obviously it's much better uh when a professional is doing it and then just kind of have like a slow day and have it be you know spending some time uh watching tv or movies things that I don't really have much time to get into uh because of all of my commitments that I have going on and then just kind of like maybe take a nap go outside get some sun. I live in Florida uh, and certainly it's a sunshine state. We're in a season where it's unfortunately really hot, so it's not super enjoyable to be outside. But if it was like a day where the temperature is a little bit more reasonable, it'd be great to just go out in the yard and get some rays and just enjoy the sun. So very simple, uh, very low key is my ideal day for sure. Oh, I love that ideal day. Yeah. It's nice to just like sleep all day sometimes if you had the opportunity. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Um, great answer. So really quick, you said like watch TV. What do you, what are you into watching right now? My, <laughs> yeah. So my taste in television, uh, specifically is really all over the place. Uh, movies, I definitely gear a little bit more to like dramas and, um, suspense movies. Things are a little bit kind of intellectual to some degree, or at least like keep your mind sharp and guessing yeah. like what's going to happen at the end. But TV, it's very funny. My husband and I laugh about this. It's like two you know parts of the spectrum other ends of the uh extreme it's yeah. like really bad reality tv like basically anything that's on bravo or right. it's a very um highbrow like I, again like kind of more of that movie cinematic experience so um i was just talking about this on instagram yesterday when i was a kid i was too young to watch the sopranos on hbo my family did but i was way too young for that show so i actually started watching it um kind of in the background like while i work um for yeah. clients and things like that uh on HBO Max. I'm watching that right now, but like, I also love Succession is on um, HBO Max. I watched Euphoria earlier this year. I have watched a couple of things on Hulu recently. There was um, the show with the girl from Mean Girls, uh, Karen, I think from Mean Girls. She yeah. plays Elizabeth Holmes, that woman uh, that was involved in the Theranos scandal and scam and all that oh, kind of stuff. So like, good. I love watching those sorts of things, like very serious um, miniseries and, and different shows like that. I love a lot of the stuff that's on Apple TV. So like I said, it's, you know, either really trashy reality TV from Bravo or very <laughs> highbrow. The show is probably going to win an Emmy next year kind of television. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I... <laughs> I'm the same way. I love <laughs> my treasure reality TV as well, like the Jersey Shores and the Housewives and all of that. Yes. And then we go and I watch um, 
what's it called? Only Murders in the Building. And I oh, know I love that show. That too. Yes. Love it. Still going on. So it's good. Yes. Okay. Love that. Um, so I'm going to transition to like a little bit about what your life looks like off of social media. Um, so if we followed you around all day, what, what would we see? Yeah, you'd see a lot of chaos, I feel like. Um, no, organized chaos is how I like to think of it. Um, I, I was just telling Vienna this earlier before we started recording. I usually get up pretty early. My husband wakes up early to go to the gym. Um, and he likes to be in the office early. He also takes our son to school. And my son is very funny. He's like me already at only seven, and it makes me laugh. He likes to get to school early before a lot of people get there because it's more like palatable for him I think he gets yeah. like overwhelmed and scared and he's kind of sometimes on the shy side he's very outgoing once he feels comfortable yeah. he's very friendly but to start with and that's kind of like me too to start with he definitely is a little bit of like the turtle that wants to stay in his shell so he likes to get to school early um and he'll wait like until like they let the kids inside to the cafeteria and stuff like that he'll just like sit in his little spot inside where the teachers watch them or whatever um so they have a pretty early morning routine that gets started like before eight o'clock in the morning so I also wake up at that time and I'm usually you know getting the lunchbox ready getting my son dressed making sure he's on his routine I was just uh kind of exploring that topic a little bit yesterday on my Instagram about routines and talking about how we kind of look at it and it's basically uh almost like a behavior that I model for my family. Like we're a team and we're all accountable for making sure that we manage our time and that we encourage each other to manage our time well so we can all do the things that we need to do and be where we need to be on time. But then also ideally, you know, at other parts in the day have time to have more free time. So when my son comes home in the afternoon, he has an hour for his iPad or, you know, some time before bed where we call it wind down time and he gets to watch TV and just kind of like whatever he wants to do for that little 30 minutes or whatever it might be. Sometimes if he doesn't manage his time super well, it's only 10 or 15 minutes, but ideally it's at least 30, maybe 45 minutes. And so um, the morning and evening routines being really crucial because all three of us have to work together to make those things happen. And then during the day, it's definitely much more simple because my husband goes out to the office, my son is at work, and then I recently took a full-time job, so I'm in my bedroom at you know, my desk working hard during the day, but like typically I'll take a lunch break at some point, and that's usually when I'm responding to emails to my clients, or if my client has an email inbox that I'm responsible for, responding to customers or clients in that email inbox. So it's being very intentional, and it's not fun all the time, I will fully admit, but it's being really intentional about all the different pockets of my day, making sure that I'm using them to the best of my ability. And you might be listening to this if you don't know me well, thinking like, when does she ever take a break or anything like that? And I certainly do. Like one thing that I was talking about um, on my Instagram as well was like knowing that when I make a choice not to do something that it's going to have to be added to my plate at some other point. So like last night I didn't do quite as much work. I only did like an hour instead of a few hours. So like I know tonight or this weekend, the time that I didn't spend working on those things, I'm going to have to go ahead and add that to my schedule for the weekend. So it's not that I don't take breaks. I just try to be very intentional about when I take them. Um, and I definitely respond. Like I said, yeah, last night, I just wasn't feeling it. I was tired. It's Thursday. I spoke at a conference earlier this week and I had to, you know, not travel far, but still have to take a little road trip to get where I was getting. And I just like honored the fact that I was like, I'm not in a creative or mental space for work right now. I'm not even going to be doing great work if I do work for my clients right now. So we're just going to table that to the weekend, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I love that. I love that it's all very much a choice and that we have choices, but we have to know that, you know, with every choice, there's like, I don't, I wouldn't say a consequence because it's not really a consequence. It's more of just like, 
you know, a, a pivot and you have to right. add somewhere else in your schedule. So I, I like that a lot because a lot of times, like you said, people think, oh, she must just be so productive all the time. And it's like, you are, but you're even being productive with your rest because you're making sure that like it shows up other places in your schedule. So that's great advice. Love that. Yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> sure. So I want to know how you found the planner community. Everybody has like a story of some their origin story, their <laughs> villain origin story. No. Yeah. Um, so I started out in the planner community in like, I would say early 2015, late 2014. I had my son in October of 2014. And one of my coworkers at the time uh, had suggested like, you might like this Aaron Condren planner. Cause I was just talking about how overwhelmed I was. And obviously I think most of us, uh, my son just got his first planner for school in second grade this week. Most of us have had a planner at some point or another yeah. during our school years. So like, I certainly understood the concept of a planner and I'd had different planners from like Target or Office Depot or something like that, but never anything that I felt like I really enjoyed or that was supporting me super well. So she suggested an Erin Condren planner and I got into that. And then um, at the time, Facebook was a lot more of a vibe. So I had found a bunch of Facebook groups about Erin Condren. Um, planners gone wild while for planners was still in its infancy and everything like that so I kind of just fell into the planner community by going down that rabbit hole and now you're looking at almost seven years later where it's still a really significant part of my life which I look back on and I'm a little it's surreal um, but it's also really gratifying to feel like this thing that I just looked into for function to support me through really hard transition into parenthood and also I mean as a mom like I'll be completely transparent dealing with postpartum anxiety and depression and things like that just needing something to support me and make sense of this massive change that had happened to my life looking on it later on and seeing how the hobby gave me a sense of purpose and a sense of direction but now later on also still does the same thing just in a different way like it's an, a creative outlet for me um I don't need to use it as much as a sense of like how I manage my day-to-day -day and adju adjust the parenting because I've been doing it for seven years now but like as our schedules change my planner is there to support me as my son adds more activities to his daily and weekly schedule it supports me and then beyond that like I've made so many invaluable hopefully lifetime friendships out of it, you know, and, and connections both at a very deep friendship level, but also on a personal level that have made me better as a person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Such a great experience. I have a very similar experience as well. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. And I was wondering what was your thought? Can you even remember what your thoughts and feelings were back then when you first joined, like initially, if you would give it a, I don't know, a feeling, what did it feel like? I, let me think if there's a specific adjective I can think of to describe it. Um, maybe not an adjective, but um, I think the word that I often come back to with the planner community is community. I think it gave me a sense of, or, okay, so maybe belonging is the word that I'm looking yeah. for. It gave me a place to belong at a time where I felt very... Um, directionless and not really feeling like I had anybody in my life that understood what was going on and what I was dealing with. And that is definitely not true to an extent. I had family yeah. members. I had a support system a lot more than some other people do, but people who just like got it, that feeling of like people, you know, the planners yeah. who get it, get it kind of thing. That's the feeling that I felt I, I finally had acquired once I joined the planner community, that sense of belonging, understanding, um, but at the core of it being community as that basis out foundation. Yeah, that's so good. I feel the same. I feel the same. It was a very exciting, new, like you said, belonging and kind of like 
like what is what is this like is six like, like the first day of school like type of thing like what is this and how can I you know make the most out of this in a sense like where you're meeting new people and you're you're starting like this planner that you're getting more things for I don't know felt very like new yeah <laughs> absolutely <explain> <laughs> Yeah. It, I felt like I discovered something that yes. I was like, I can't believe this has been here or that this is here. And I just yeah. realized it's here now. Cause there were certainly people who started joining the planner community before I did quite some time before I did. Um, but even still, I feel like I was still one of those early adopters, like one of those early people. Um, but even yeah. still, it was, it was nice to see like, Oh, this is a thing and I'm not weird for yeah. looking or seeking this out either. You know, yeah. like other people are looking for this too. Yes, I agree. I agree. And so would you say that um, social media obviously had a huge impact in how this community grew over time, um, I, whether it be Instagram, I feel like Instagram on the heavier side, and then of course, YouTube and Facebook. Um, but would you say that definitely played a huge role in how this community evolved? Oh, absolutely. I think um, Facebook to start with, like because so many of those Facebook groups were where people first got connected. And it's interesting because I would say concurrent to Facebook was people even at that point were like adding pins to Pinterest about their planners. Oh, yeah. And I know some people have mentioned that's how they discovered planner communities or planner groups was through seeing a pin on Pinterest. So both of those things kind of happening at the same time. And certainly Pinterest was in its heyday back around that time, if not earlier. Um, but then I feel like it certainly evolved into people. I'm starting a YouTube channel. I'm sharing this yeah. on YouTube. And then Instagram also kind of happening in the background. And that's starting to be the next like phase of what the planner community eventually grew right. into because certainly Facebook groups are still a thing um and in fact it almost feels like some people want to go back to Facebook groups because they're so irritated yeah. by all the things happening on Instagram <laughs> but I feel like Instagram or excuse me Facebook was kind of like the first phase of the planner community and then YouTube bleeding into Instagram kind of became that second phase. And I feel like that's where we're at now. And now yeah. it's like, what happens in phase three? Like, because people, like I said, have feelings, maybe TikTok is phase three, who knows? Um, I've also heard, like I said, people think about going back to Facebook groups. I've also heard people saying that they just want to focus on YouTube. Like they were doing YouTube and then Instagram kind of blew up. So they stopped right. spending as much time creating content on, on YouTube. So they're thinking about going back to YouTube. So, I mean, the future is yet to be written. We'll see what happens. That's so true. And I was just going to ask you, like, what are your thoughts on how social media has evolved over time? Like, do you think it has a positive or negative impact on not just the world, but the planner community, the way that it, like, it kind of started out and like where we're headed right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it was cool that we started like we figured out and found each other on Facebook, but let's be honest, the environment on Facebook um, is by default kind of negative um, and by default almost encourages people to be negative through the reactions and comments and how it serves yeah. content. So I definitely feel like they, it got to a point where we all understood that like this was an unhealthy kind of toxic place for us to be. And Instagram was certainly more light, more lighthearted. Yeah. Um, the functionality for commenting and interacting with each other was much more limited too. So there couldn't be as much of that. Um, I think Instagram's interface for community and conversation has gotten a lot better and I like it a lot better than Facebook yeah. and even TikTok. TikTok, to be honest, I think TikTok has a lot of work to do there. Um, so I think that's been a positive. I think it's helped people be a little less mean. <laughs> um, right. But at the same time, I also feel like a lot has happened in the planner community over the years in all sorts of ways, like 
companies being called out for bad business practices, um, people being called out for racism, companies as well, lots of call outs about homophobia and all those sorts of transphobia, whatever it might be. So it's interesting because I feel like no matter what platform you go to, there's always going to be some of those ugly things because at the core, there's just people who have some really unfortunately mean and problematic uh, views. But I do feel like being on Instagram kind of help people be a little bit kinder. I don't know, maybe that's my own experience and people might disagree with me, but I just feel like on Facebook, that was just the vibe. Like it got really mean and negative. And I feel like that's also part of why some people went to Instagram was to get away from that. Now I know YouTube can be a different people can have very great experiences people can have really negative experiences fortunately I've only ever had positive ones for the most part but yeah yeah, it's uh it's really curious to see where we'll be going from here but I definitely feel like at the end of the day more and more people especially women or marginalized people maybe you're not a woman maybe you're a man um and you're in a really female feminine kind of community where there's lots of women or you're queer or you're black or whatever it might be having the opportunity to connect with other people online and feel seen and validated and heard. And like I said, ultimately finding that sense of belonging is always a good thing. So like I said, mental health wise, like where I was at when I found the community, I'm so grateful for it because I don't know where I'd be otherwise. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people, no matter what their background or circumstances. Oh God, that's so good to hear. I'm so glad that the community was able to do that for you. And I'm yeah. sure that, like you said, for so many people, I know it has for me um, as well. And so I, I love that sentiment that it can still be a safe place, you know, for some people to come to. Um, and I think for the most part, most of the planet community is pretty nice. Like they're all pretty cool and everybody seems like really, really nice. Of course, there's like thorns. <laughs> oh, well, as always. Yeah. Um, and again, like you said, that's just more, more on them. And so we don't always want to let those people kind of dictate how our community is going, but for me personally, on Facebook, I could never connect who who was on Facebook and who they were like on Instagram and who they were on YouTube. So for me, Instagram was always the one place I would go to so I could know who I was looking who for. Who that person is, yeah. Because yeah, on Facebook, it was sometimes like their family or something and it was not the same name. It was like a different handle. And so I would not know to connect with that person on Facebook. Does that make sense? And then also yeah. same YouTube because back then and it still is that way it's just I've changed my name to be my name but a lot of people have different handles across different platforms or whatever it might be and so that's why for me Instagram has always been like the main like way for me to connect and like you said I like that now we can DM people which wasn't it wasn't a thing before when we first started it wasn't well at least when I did there was no DM (laughs) it was just you would comment right Um, you know, you could create groups, you can do all these different things, which essentially should make our community stronger. But as you can see, when we're going to get into like more of our talk, I don't know that we're utilizing even the things that we're given to do that. I'm not sure we're taking advantage of that. Um, So we'll talk about that very soon. But I was interested in like your specific content on Instagram, I guess we'll shift into into Instagram right now. um, Because I think that's where a lot of the changes are really happening and it's really confusing for people in the community. So I want to know, like, how often do you, do you post and how do you feel about the content that you're putting into, I say the world, but like into the planner community or just people who are interested in what you're posting? Yeah. So I am not committed to single content 
amount like minimum or maximum I kind of just go based off of what ideas I have for the month and kind of fill them in like my goal is to post and feed at least two times a week but that's a goal I don't always follow it uh there's certainly been times where that doesn't happen at all there's other times where like I'm on it and I have more time to create content so I'll post a lot more than twice in that week one thing that I have committed myself to is showing up on stories every single day I feel like that's really important it's the bare minimum um and I feel like that's where I enjoy Instagram the most is in stories, watching other people's stories, but then also people responding to my stories or me responding to their stories and the conversations that usually follow those. Um, DMs and stories are certainly the best place of Instagram or the, or the thing that I enjoy most. I feel, I feel, have definitely felt a little bit uh, lost lately about what to post on Instagram. I felt like I had a very clear direction and sense of what I was doing and what I was putting out into the world on Instagram. But as it becomes harder and harder for content to reach people, sometimes that's it's hard to make the distinction. Does it not reach people or does it not resonate with people? Um, and not allowing the data to too much dis distinguish that you know answer for me to let myself be okay with the fact that like just because this didn't get as much engagement as maybe this post would have done in the past doesn't mean it no longer resonates with people it might just be that it didn't get served to as many people or it did resonate with people and that's enough it doesn't have to reach everybody it just reached people that it needed to reach that time so I've kind of started to shift into getting to a point where I've just accepted the results are that I can do to impact those results obviously there are strategic things that anyone can do with a social media strategy and account but this is very optional and voluntary for me so I'm not really putting a lot of pressure on myself to spend a lot of time kind to uh kind of trying to investigate the data and constantly test things and experiment for me it's like when I have time to create I'm going to create what's on my heart what I feel called to create at that moment and I'm going to put that out in the world and I hope it reaches and resonates with as many people as possible and it is what it is um Certainly, it's become, like I said, a lot harder to reach the people that you want to on Instagram, and there are things that you can do to combat that. That's something that I do in my day job, and I have done uh, in previous jobs as well. But like I said, because this is just like I do this because I want to do it, and it's fun to me, I'm putting even less pressure on myself about it. Um, that's definitely something in the last year I've been leaning more into is not putting pressure on myself for things to perform or not to perform. I'm just going to do what makes me happy, what I have time for at that moment, and what I hope Hope is going to speak to someone at that moment. You know, I just did a post, like I said, about changing routines and adjusting routines recently, because I know for a lot of parents, we're thinking about back to school right now. So if that's something that's going to help somebody or give them an idea to act upon, that's going to make their life easier, then that's what I want to put out in the world. And I hope it reaches the person that needs it most. Yeah, no, that's great. Great advice. I think when we take the pressure off, it definitely helps um, to be more authentic with what you're posting and to feel good about what you're posting. Um, I think I've definitely come to see that as well. And there's been like such rapid changes on, on, especially on Instagram. And then now we have TikTok, which mm -hmm. is a whole nother beast. It's <laughs> kind of like, listen, they're trying to be the same. <laughs> and then you're like, well, if they're trying to be the same, do I post the content here or here? And then I, I went into like before a while back, I was trying to see, you know, where you could grow the fastest. And there's still not a whole lot of data on that still they're still working on that um but it's confusing it's so confusing now because people are complaining that you know Instagram is not a fun place for the planner community anymore because when you jump on to see pretty pictures and pretty planners you're seeing ads and you're seeing like 
reels from people that you don't even follow or just reels in general, um, which I do, I do like reels. I've switched my strategy over to creating reels with my planner because of that's what the, the app wants. Um, but I don't know. It just feels like it changed so fast and the community is kind of like, whoa, what's going on? How do we, yeah. what do we do? And <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because it feels like it happened really fast, but it, it hasn't it's been something that's okay, slowly yeah. been happening over time and I can say that because I like I mentioned earlier I did a speaking engagement earlier this week and one of the things that I mentioned in my presentation was um, a recent study that Le later media did and later media later.com is a social media scheduling tool they have always had a very specific focus on Instagram they've always been on the cutting edge of what's happening on Instagram but in general they spend a lot of time talking about what's happening in social media and one of the um, things that the study explored was basically like what has happened to engagement on Instagram because we've all seen it and the the statistic was since 2019 engagement has decreased on Instagram 44 percent that's huge wow. in any business if one of your statistics decreased 44 percent all the red alarm bells would be going off and everybody would be panicking so the fact that that is what they found from that study in some ways gave me a measure of sanity yeah. <laughs> around what I'm doing because it's like okay so it's not me it's something that is just happening it's just how this app is evolving and how user behavior is evolving intentionally or unintentionally I know there's a lot of commentary about you know oh well you guys are interacting with more reels so that's why you're being showed more reels and it's like it's a kind of chicken or the egg scenario where it's like well we're being served more reels so we kind of have no choice but to interact with them and if you like reels you want to like them but that doesn't necessarily mean I want every single thing in my you know feed to now be a reel um or you know just because I like that one content creator is real doesn't mean I want to see every single piece of content that they create and then people who mostly just do more photo content I no longer want to see their content I I you know I think like most users I'd want a little bit more of a balance and a little bit more control and I understand that Instagram's response to that is well there's the following feed and there's a favorites you know function and all that kind of stuff and those things can help but I think what the point of frustration is for me and I think it's probably the same for some people who are actually more just genuine consumers they are not content creators on Instagram is that it's becoming more and more burdensome on the user to cultivate and create the experience that they want and that they're used to than it is on the creator it's been a very creator um, focused direction that they're headed in and I think there's a lot of positives to be got out of that certainly for creators that's a good thing and I'm happy to see them get the support from the app that they want um but it's certainly a, a question that Instagram is having to face and get some heat and backlash from but it's also for consumers like do I want to continue to be on this app when yeah. it's not super enjoyable for me um and if that's the case then that's not a good thing for creators because people may stop using the app as much or maybe stop seeing your content and that's never a good thing so yeah. I, I don't think there's one specific answer or anything like that and certainly it's something that is not going to be solved in this next month because I feel like this kind of came to a head this um this last month with the most recent news cycle with Adam Missouri but certainly there's a lot that's happening right now. And so as a creator, I would just encourage you to have that measure of sanity. Like I said, that statistic, 44% decrease, like that's not you. That's just what's happening on Instagram right now. Now I will say the piece of encouragement that I gave to the people who I was speaking to the other day was that later media decided to really um, 
focus on reels and their content strategy. It's not the only thing that they're doing on their um, page. If you go follow them, they're still posting carousels. They're still posting, you know, single photo posts that might be a meme or a photo or something like that. But by having reels as a more consistent, regular piece of their content strategy and what they were posting every single week, they actually saw their engagement increase 500 plus percent, which wow. if that happened in your business, you'd also be like, whoa, what is happening? And yeah. So it's just, you know, it, it is what it is. It's changing um, and yeah. they have a right to change and we don't have to like it. I think user feedback is valuable. So I do hope that Instagram considers some of the things on here. Cause like I said, ultimately there are still users that are not content creators that are never going to make a reel. Yeah. You know, my grandma's on Instagram. She's never going to make a reel, but she still wants to make sure that she sees <laughs> pictures of my son. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and I could try to explain to her, you know, you can add me to your favorites grandma and go to the favorites feed and you'll see, you know, uh, photos of AJ there, but she's not going to do all of that, you know? So I definitely, I get it. She's not the target audience for Instagram, but I think the point <laughs> is still there. No, I think you make a really great point. I love that about your grandma, though. I can't <laughs> get my grandparents to like figure out Instagram at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you made a great point. I think because I'm in such a creator headspace all the time and because I don't use my personal Instagram anymore because I just felt like, I, I don't know, I just felt like I was sharing every little minute of my life and I just didn't feel like I was in my life sometimes. So I just cut that out of my life. <laughs> but um I forget that there's all these different types of users on Instagram because I get in this, this creator mode. So there's like the creator who's trying to create for whatever purpose. I don't know, maybe they just like it or they're an influencer, or they have a business or whatever it is. And then you have, you know, the person who I think is a consumer, but also wants to be a creator. But unfortunately, you know, I know a lot of people that are like reels, they really um, intimidate me. Like, I know this is how you grow, but I, I'm not able to really do this because I'm not tech savvy or because I don't have whatever it takes to do it. They just don't want to. And then you have like a consumer who is just wanting to look at all the pretty things. Right. And then you have somebody, I mean, somebody who's really just sharing pictures of their kids out into their family, which is like, not even like, they're not even putting a second thought into what they're creating the they're format or the caption or all these yeah. things that we think about yeah no I think you make a really good point and I mean I understand what people are saying about like oh well you can take photo content and make it into a reel and certainly you can do that that was one yeah. of the things that I encourage people to consider yeah. um during the presentation that I give but like I also think that there's a really valid genuine fear of being on video or having to upskill in a tech area where maybe that's not where you want to be spending your time. It's already hard for you to create content as it is. And I think it's important that we honor those people's feelings and acknowledge them. I think being dismissive of other people's resistance to a different format when they appreciate one more or it feels more natural to them um, because that's how they enjoy making content. That's what they like doing. I think anytime you're doing that, that's not a good tack to take. And so I don't really care for it when I see it. I try to come from a lot more of a pragmatic, I guess, yeah. uh, mindset of like every perspective here can be a valid one. And like I said, there's things that you can do 
I feel like to encourage people, to empower people, it's always good to be coming from a, like, how do we overcome this kind of mindset and how do we solve this mindset? But I also think, like I said, the app is headed in, in a direction that is at odds with people and how they want to create content or how they like to create content. And those people are, are entitled to feel that way. And unfortunately, yeah. I, I don't have a, a solution for them necessarily. I hope Instagram works on a better one for them, but for the time being, the direction we're headed in on Instagram specifically is reels and it, um, you know, is not a direction that maybe everybody wants to be headed in. And I think we should acknowledge and okay, put, put it out there that it's okay for those people to think that even if you like reels. No, yeah, I totally agree. And, and I think about like, like I said, the people who are just posting maybe about their kids and they only follow family members, right? They're seeing reels of like random things and maybe they like it, but I feel like you go on TikTok for kind of that experience. And with Instagram, most of those people sign up or, you know, lock, sign up, create an account um, so that they can keep up with family and friends and see their photos. And not everybody's going to be taking a reel of their family. And right. Family. And I think for some of those users too, like, they're like, well, I got used to this Instagram stories thing when you guys added it and like that's where you go put a video like why does it have to be a reel like if you want to put a video put it up in stories or something like that yeah. um because I feel like one of the things that and I was kind of talking about this I forget where but one of the things that I feel like has been the hardest is that the app only has so much space there's only so many places that features and formats of content surfaces can exist on this one little app on this tiny screen so when the introduction of stories happened it didn't feel so disruptive because it became a different feed you know when you're scrolling yes. your your profile feed or not your profile feed but your home feed looking through people's posts that they've posted you're scrolling you know upward that vertical direction when you're scrolling stories you're scrolling horizontal through people's stories so those two things are happening in a perpendicular way that isn't really impeding on each other like stories yeah. isn't impeding on um the feed where people's photos are but now with the introduction of reels there's even less real estate for photos for videos for reels for lives for all these different things to exist right. in the same space and like you said with tiktok being on the rise and Instagram so obviously wanting to combat that and compete with it as much as possible they're prioritizing one surface one format a little bit more over the other and people like I said rightfully have their feelings about it um so yeah it's I don't know how they solve it I, I think about the product team um the development team at Instagram and I'm like I I, I wish I could sit in on those conversations and know what that's like, because uh, it certainly, I'm sure, has to be a challenge. And I, I don't know how we balance that out. And obviously, like I said, there's that, but then there's also the algorithm and how they decide they want to make recommendations and all those sorts of things. But ultimately, like I always come back to, like you said, that consumer, just that user level that like isn't on Instagram even enough to know that Adam Missouri is saying things like, oh, here are hidden yeah. gems that you can take advantage of. This is the favorites and following feed. Like they're just used to their feed, their stories and their profile. And like, they're not trying to spend a whole lot of time investigating these other things. So I think even on Instagram's part, there's a really huge opportunity for better communications. And I think that's the thing that I've identified most about like all the mess that's happened with them the last yeah. couple of weeks. Like their external communications, internal communications, it seems like they all seem to understand the direction they're headed in. But the communication of those messages to the external public and to the audience is just missing the mark. And it's funny because I actually give 
out of Missouri a lot of credit for being the face and constantly going out there. Because if you think of all the times changes to the Facebook news feed would happen, it'd be like you went to bed at night, woke up the next morning, and it looked totally different. And no one told you. It was just like, oh, okay, here's the thing that we got to get used to now. So at least give him credit for doing that. But certainly, um, and not to be an armchair quarterback, but I look at those external communications that they're currently doing, and I think there's a lot of room for improvement there. Oh, I agree. I agree. And I think that like they're saying without saying it, they're saying like, listen, all of the regular users that are posting about your children, sorry. This isn't the place for you anymore. <laughs> sorry. Maybe something will show up later. That's a photo album or something. Maybe go back to Facebook or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of creating that clear divide and they're just saying like, this is just not, yeah, we're sorry, but we don't care about you anymore. Right. We care yeah. about our bottom line. And we can see how we can make more money on this app because obviously now they can run these ads as many times as they can and people are buying them. And so as a, from a business standpoint, I get it and I see it, um, but it's no longer just that fun little playful app. They're running like a huge business back there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things that certainly always tickles my brain a little bit whenever he says this or uses the word is like the talk about creators and like a very creator focused mindset is like to me that's a clear-cut sign having worked in marketing for such a long time of they are trying to get into the influencer creator market space which has already been happening on TikTok and has already been happening on Instagram but cutting out the middlemen like there's not going to be an influencer network between you and the brand the goal is to have the brand work directly the same way that facebook advertising facebook ads there's no third party running your ad for you on facebook you're spending all of your money on facebook in their interface making these transactions happen instagram will ultimately become that conduit between the brand and the creator to run those ads and definitely be taking a cut of that transaction as it's happening. Facebook's advertising model is the moneymaker in this whole business right now. I mean, I can say that having worked in social media for quite a long time and understanding the money we used to spend when I first started working in social and started buying ads on um, Facebook, the budgets that I could spend and the results that I would get were wild. It was, it was amazing. But then five years later, having that same budget, the results were a fraction of what they were before. So, I mean, you just knowing that and how much they've been able to grow their ad revenue by taking bigger cuts and giving you less results, that's assumedly what's going to happen eventually on Instagram. And I see the makings of that now. So that's why I'm, I'm never looking at these uh, things, these videos that come up from any sort of, I always look at it and I'm like, there's no goodwill here. Like it sounds like they're trying to do stuff for creators y'all, but please do not believe these people there. They're worried about their bottom line. Just like you said. Of course. And so I guess my thoughts are like, well, there's nothing we can do about it. So let's just deal with whatever's going on and you have to figure out what's right for you in not only being a consumer, if that's what you are or a content creator. Now they do have to remember if they piss off the consumers too much, it's not going to be anybody to To consume (laughs) your content. So we need to be a little bit right weary of that but do you think these changes either have the potential to worsen the planner community and and what we've built or do we have an opportunity to do better with what the changes are you know doing or happening with the changes that are happening right now yeah that's a really good question i guess it depends on how people I think it for me boils down to how we treat each other like kind of getting back to that original point of of facebook that 
people weren't treating each other super well on Facebook. And so I'd hate to see people that double down on their opinions and either, you know, dig their heels in on one side of this camp or the other, um, allow that to create divisions or allow that to create a toxic environment where people are judgmental about like, oh, well, that person just makes reels. And so they're not authentic or they don't care about the fact that I want, like not doing that kind of stuff. Um, I think that is where I see the potential for it to kind of hurt the planner community. And it's interesting that you say that because I feel like I already kind of felt that a little bit. I had like gone to my close friends and talked about this a little bit and I had really great conversations with people in the DMs. Um, a lot of people have been frustrated and the continuation of that conversation has happened because then like a week or two later was when Adam Azaria was like, oh, the, we're moving the, the, he didn't even say, I think it just happened. And then he had a reaction video to it basically afterward where like one morning I woke up and my feed looked like Instagram, but as TikTok where it was like the dark mode and everything was in the, yeah, um, yeah, I remember like that. totally taking over the screen. And I was like, I hate this. Like, I don't like dark mode for me. I have astigmatism. Dark mode is not pleasant for my right, eyes. Like, I just, yeah, like it just doesn't, it's not a vibe for me. And my husband loves it. My best friend loves it. Like I absolutely hate it. So I was like, I am not a fan of this. Um, and so obviously they pulled back on that. My feed eventually did go back to normal. But when all that happened, the news blew up, like they were covering it on the Today Show. So it was like way beyond even what was happening, conversations and, and DMs on Instagram. When all that kind of happened, I felt like I saw, uh, conversations or commentary that went out there that I felt like were a little bit uh, reductive because it felt like it wasn't understanding the nuances of people have all kinds of varied reasons why they're on this platform. Yeah. And even people, like you said, who are creators, maybe they're a creator, but they don't have as much time to create because of whatever circumstances in their life. They're a teacher. They work in yeah. a medical environment or someplace like that, where like the hours in and of themselves are just, you know, ridiculous where those people are working 18 hour days in some cases. It's like that person maybe doesn't even have that much time to create content. So when they do, they'd like it to be as stress-free and simple as possible. And if for them, that's just creating a photo, you know what I mean? Then they should feel like they can take the time to work on their content, publish it, and it's actually going to get seen by people. Not that if they you know, invest in a surface that's not being as favored by Instagram, then it's not worth it kind of thing. And yeah. you never want to feel like that as you're creating content. So I feel like that's where it has the potential to kind of splinter the community a little bit. But I hope that we can all encourage each other and empower each other to like consume the way that it makes sense for you, show up the way that it makes sense for you. And just as as a whole, this is something I've been talking a lot about. And I know you and I have talked about this personally, one-on-one, -on -one. like do our best to support each other. If right. you see a creators out there, and they spend more time doing photos than they do reels like their photos don't just like when they happen to make a reel if you realize oh I haven't seen this person in my feed in a long time go to their profile and go ahead and like all the you know first nine photos that you've missed or something like that yeah. that's something that yeah. I try to do um if you realize you haven't spoken to someone send them a dm or respond to their instagram stories that reaction is an insight on that particular story for them and is a good thing so I just feel like supporting each other as much as possible can hopefully mitigate and stem some of the damage that I think it could potentially have on the planner community Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. There's a lot of like, I wouldn't say stigmatism or like stigma or anything about what you choose, but there's choose to do, but there's definitely a all oh, man, why are you doing this if we don't, we don't support this, but it's like, we don't have a choice, you know, right. so you have to kind of just be accepting and encouraging for whatever way, you know, this community goes and whatever way people decide to share their content. 
So I, I truly agree with that. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is I don't, I don't know how the algorithm works, but I see a lot of people saying, if you want photos, then like the photos. Do you know anything about that? Like, do you know if, if somebody wants to see photos on their feed and they like photos, does Instagram even care or are they still going to be pushing what they want to push? Yeah, I feel like there's not enough data uh, publicly about that to say definitively that that will result in the thing that you want it to result in. I know a couple of people have anecdotally told me that that's been their experience, um, but I feel like I've been trying my best to like photos and reels this whole time, and it's still pretty much the same that it's been. It it does seem like it's a little bit less reels, but I actually don't think that has anything to do with me. It's just Instagram um, tweaking the algorithm and not serving you as much recommended content, which is more often than not usually going to be in the format of a reel. They're not usually recommending content. That's a photo. Um, if they're recommending content, that's a photo. It's not a recommendation. It's probably an ad if you look at it more closely. Um, so certainly I think it, I think it's, it doesn't hurt to try, but I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee that you're going to get the result that you want. Um, I, and I think it's uh, a little honestly irresponsible to say that that is going to give you the result because there's just, a, just not enough public data to support that as a claim. Yeah, we really don't know. I don't think, and they're switching it so much too. We just don't know. Um, yeah. And one thing I will say is there's people that I follow that I haven't seen their stuff in a long time until I think someone might tag them in a story and I'll go to their, to their page and I'll be like, oh my God, I totally missed 20 of these, whatever they were posting. And so I, like you said, I go and like all their stuff so I can see them more. So I think, you know, me and you talked about this. Um, you know, I think that as a consumer, let's say someone's a consumer out there and they're not a content creator, or maybe you're both, we need to be really diligent in commenting on people's things and, and liking their things and sharing, sharing saving. Yeah. All those yeah, things, especially if we like it, or we like that particular content creator, because I know, and again, we talked about this too, with the way that the algorithm goes, sometimes it's discouraging to see that this algorithm is not favoring your, you know, your content as much as you wish. And yeah, uh, people will say, Oh, I don't care about the likes. I don't care about the, the, um, um, interaction, but every content creator does. Otherwise you wouldn't spend. Right. Exactly. You wouldn't be investing the time. <laughs> right. We'd be doing something else. I don't know, getting a pedicure or something. Like, you know, <laughs> it, it, it just is what it is. And, and it'd be dumb to think that content creators don't care about engaging. Yeah. You know? And one thing that I would encourage people, I try to do this too, is if you go to the people that you're following from your profile, if you click on that, there's two options that come up. There's least interacted with and like most shown in feed. I tend to go to that most interacted with and tap on there and just kind of do a scan of like, a, are these people I still want to follow? And I'll go and unfollow people if I'm like, no, I followed them for some reason and I don't really have yeah. a reason to still be following them. Um, and if they're people that I do want to still follow and I'm now realizing, oh my gosh, I haven't seen that person's content in quite a while. Like I said, I'll, I'll use that as kind of my... Um, point A to point B to get to their profile. That's, that's a very simple, quick, easy way to find out the people that you're not seeing as much that you are following and you should be seeing. Um, and it is interesting. I will say I go in there and quite often a lot of the creators that I see on that list are people who usually post more photo 
content and either it's you know photos of their planner or they're an artist that like they upload a piece of artwork and it's something that is obviously in a photo um, format or whatever it might be and I feel sorry for those people because they have beautiful content and amazing content but they're just not being as favored and for whatever reason I'm not seeing it so like I said I will go back and do that in the hopes that that means that that person will go ahead and you know their content will start popping up in my feed um but I've had it happen where like several times, maybe at least like once a month or once every other month, I'll go do that thing, like a bunch of those people's posts, maybe for like a day or two, yeah. I start to see more of their content. And then eventually I go back to that most interacted with, and I still see those people on that list. And it's because they're not really making reels as much as some other people, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really great advice. I didn't even know there was like that yes. struggle on there. <laughs> yes. You know, I feel like as a creator too, they always say create more than you consume. And I think that that's, that's fine and overall, but I think too, we need to be able to give back in a community like this. Oh Maybe yeah. In like a different community where it doesn't really matter. Like nobody, you know, but like in this community, we do have to also consume and interact as much as we create. Right. Yeah. No, I definitely, that's, that's the community part. It's having yeah. those conversations. It's connecting with other people. It's not just putting things out into a void and not stimulating conversation or, you know, learning from each other. Like I was saying, I've learned so much from other people on Facebook, off of Facebook, on Instagram, off of Instagram, all these different platforms, you know, things about politics or the environment or whatever it might be because some person is more knowledge about it knowledgeable about it in our community and they're also a planner so they're sharing this information I'm like I had no idea that that was the thing thank you for telling me that I've now learned something from that so yeah I feel like certainly that adage of you know try to create more than you consume is important um so you're not unintentionally using yeah. other people's content or lifting things um or allowing it to create any sort of imposter syndrome or self-doubt or anything Thing. But at the same time, I do believe that there needs to be a healthy balance. And I think that's the whole point of all of this conversation is like, I don't think that there's just like a one side or the other. It has to be, you know, a constant readjusting of both things to, to serve as many people as you can. Because I think like you said, what's the point of creating content if you're not there to serve people? And certainly that can, you and I have talked about this a little yeah. bit, that can become its own little um, thing that you have to be really careful with, because if you are creating content that you believe is serving people and you're not seeing the results, then that may contribute to self-doubt and low self-esteem. And like, do I offer value to people anymore? Is what I'm saying even helpful to them anymore? Um, but I think as long as you can be clear about who you are, be clear on your purpose, be clear about what things you have your expertise in and you have your knowledge in, then you just got to trust that the people who saw it and needed to yeah. see it will see it. And it resonated with them to get back to the earlier point. No, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. And you know, the last kind of topic that I wanted to mention was how can we mend the divide, you know, for people who might be feeling like the community is growing more apart than together because of the changes. And we talked about that. I think, I feel like we went over that pretty well. Um, the one thing I wanted to mention though, is there's a lot of tools. It's kind of like a catch 22, because there's a lot of tools and we're like, ugh, there's a lot of tools, but then we're like, oh, there's a lot more tools on Instagram that we can use. Like there's DMs, there's chats in, in within the DMs, you know, there's stories that you can share. Close friends. Close, Close friends, friends is a huge one. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, there's so many things that you can do on there to connect a little bit more, like the way that the, the you reply now to comments are a little bit different, right? Or no, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no. So things like that um, can help our community come become a little bit closer. If there's somebody that you want to chat with, chat with them, right? Like 
make a, a point to mend the community together if you feel like you need more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's also getting out of your bubble a little bit. Like sometimes we can there's those people that we automatically get served their stories because we watch them and engage with them most often you know it's maybe taking the time to go to the end of that list of your stories and making sure that you're checking in with those people that you maybe don't get to or don't see as often and taking a second to react to one of their um, stories or respond to it if you have a meaningful comment to to add into whatever it is that they're talking or sharing Um, so yeah I think it's at the end of the day with any social media platform comes down to the intentionality and that's intentionality around how you use it um, either as a creator or a consumer and intentionality about your mindset about it about having a positive you know optimistic growth mindset about things but then also understanding that there are some things that are fundamentally true and problematic about this business model and us participating in it that I think are fair to be called out and fair to be yeah. called into question and we shouldn't necessarily uh what's the word that I'm looking for? Like just uh, berate other people that feels a little bit strong, but just like, you know, knock on other people for calling out things that are true. Um, Just because maybe you like the direction it's headed in and and you feel like you're very clear doesn't necessarily mean that's the case for some other people who've invested quite a lot of time and creativity into that platform. And it's okay for them to have feelings. I, I think it's important that we don't sit in our feelings, especially if they're, you know, sad and if they're a little bit, um, negative or pessimistic or whatever it might be. Um, But it's important to at least acknowledge them and give them the time for people to process them and figure out like, okay, do I continue creating on this app and just continue to post my photos and know and accept that there's a good chance I might not reach as many people as I used to? Or do I figure out what is the bare minimum, the most viable minimum that I can do, you know, creating any sort of video content? And that's maybe taking my photos once a week throughout the week and um, turning them into a reel. So that's essentially almost like a slideshow of your different photos from the week, whatever that looks like for you. But yeah, I definitely feel like there's not a one size fits all. And and there's a lot of feelings that are all, all have their validity in this conversation. And I think we do all of ourselves a good favor by listening to each other, hearing the feedback um, and knowing that it's not just about you and it's not just about yeah. one other person. There's a lot of people um, on the app. And if you're here to serve, that includes everybody. That's such a great point. Yeah. We have to stand together no matter what kind of thing, you know? And you know, it's funny just as a random is I've been posting more pictures on my stories than on my feed. Do you, do you see that often? Like I will snapshot on my stories and then I'm not, I'm trying to post more reels on my feed now. And it's kind of funny how it's kind of flip flop a little bit. So things can work out. Like if you love posting photos, maybe post it on your stories. You're still, maybe you'll still get some type of engagement there because there's a way to get engagement there too. It's not just on your feed. Um, now you can do hearts in the stories. Yeah, like yeah you can do the hearts. You can also add that. Um, it, it's not, maybe they call it reaction sticker. There's like the sticker you can add or people can tap an emoji and it just like pops up like a, you know, celebration emoji or a heart or whatever it could be. But yeah, that's something too. So like if you're a kind of person that like you are overwhelmed by the reactions to yeah. DMs or to stories and your DMs, like you can add that sticker and basically 
kind of like force people into specific reaction. Like if you know that for the most part, their reaction to this, whatever thing you're going to be talking about is a laugh because it's a funny story that you're yeah. uh, telling, then you can just have that sticker on there and prevent people from blowing up your DMs with yeah. laughing reactions. Um, but you can still get that engagement and it'll mm -hmm. still be there in your insights and your views. So yeah, I think there are a lot of tools um, for yeah. creators to make it a positive experience for them. Um, and certainly, you know, I don't know what'll happen for the users. Cause like I said, I think a lot of those people are not spending as much time exploring those features as we are. I was very surprised by some of the people who attended my session um, that I can tell they're definitely more in that user than creator mindset because I was showing them things and they had no idea that those things existed on the platform and it had nothing to do with Reels. It was just basic features. Like if you go to your stories, and tap the sticker icon, you can access your camera roll and attach a photo to your story or attach a photo to pick out your brand color or something like that and change the text to yeah. your brand color. Like little features like that, they had no idea were, were there. So I think we all need to have a little bit of a grace with each other. Right. Understand we're all on different journeys here and like not everybody has as much time to invest in understanding how this app is constantly adding features and evolving um, and, and do our part to encourage. And like, if someone doesn't know something, teach them like, Hey, you can make this more manageable by your, for yourself by doing X, Y, Z. I think that will go a long way for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. And you're so good at knowing all the little tips and <laughs> media. I'm like, I think that there's so many things that you share that are amazing, like on your platform, but I love the little, like, Hey, have you seen this? You can do this. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea you could do that. So I love that about your feed. So if you guys don't follow her, which I'm sure you do, she shares so many helpful things and she's knowledgeable in this. You guys, like she had a job and has still has a job in this. So like, so knowledgeable and you're going to laugh at my title when I create the title, like is Instagram, our Instagram changes, ruining the planner community. It's very, <laughs> uh, what's it called when you're doing like a, um, What's it called when people put like on a YouTube video and oh, like a clickbait title, <laughs> like a click but we are kind of talking about that. And I was, yeah. actually, let me get your, your, your kind of yes, no, as we end this and kind of wrap this up. Do you think Instagram changes are ruining the planner community or not? Uh, no, I think they're, <laughs> no, I think they're forcing us to look at things differently. And I think I'll be curious to see, like, there's been so much more creativity from people. Um, and I'm seeing people because it's a real, like some people are having to get in front of the camera. I don't think you have to get in the cam in front of the camera, yeah. by the way, to make a real, but because that's how some people understand like video as a format of being a person in front of the camera and seeing more faces, which is like nice. Instead of just seeing people's planners and things like that, people's personality through some of like the lip sync reels or dancing reels or things like that where you get to show your personality a little bit more so I think it has the potential to to be a positive but certainly we're in that like growing pain stage yeah. right now we're like it's messy and it's not pleasant and it's a little it's a little tough out there right now I feel like there are definitely some mean girl vibes out there with some people and certainly like resistance and strong stubborn feelings about a lot of things that are happening but I think like we did with Facebook we'll figure out our way um, and maybe it's moving to a different platform the community or it's just figuring out how we make this platform work for us and you know some people probably leave which is sad and maybe don't yeah. participate going forward um, but if it's not serving them anymore either then you know that's good that they're eliminating something from their life that's no longer bringing them joy so I wouldn't say it's ruining I say that we're evolving and we're going through some really tough growing pains right now I agree I love that answer and you're right I've, I've been able to see more of people that's such a big deal I never even think about that when we're talking like 
yeah, maybe we're not doing photos as much. We're not just seeing people's planners anymore. We're seeing real life people interact, you know, and and that's cool. (laughs) I'm going to end it on a great note with that. (laughs) And I just wanted to say like, this was a great, I could probably talk about this forever. This was such a great uh, conversation with you. It was amazing. So thank I you. enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it was great. I love, obviously I love to talk about Instagram and I love being a part of the planner community. And like I said, I love your show. I love you. I love what you bring to the community and the questions that you cool. bring up and thank the you. conversations you try to facilitate. I feel like, like I said, I love the community and belonging aspect of participating yeah. in here, but I very much appreciate the people that are constantly making us question things or think about things differently or have more yeah. meaningful conversations and with each other than just leaving a heart on a post or something like that. So I think people in this community who contribute toward that kind of conversation and more deep, meaningful sense of community, I have such a love for them. And you're certainly one of them. My God, same to you. <laughs> love that. But I appreciate it. Um, so as we end, where can people find you? Yeah. So you can find me at Cynthia plans on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. I spend a lot more time on Instagram and TikTok these days than YouTube, but yeah, find me there. Send me a DM. I am always a person that when you have a question about like, how did you do this thing? Or do you have an app recommendation for that? I will just tell you, I'm not going to ask you to pay for something or, uh, you know, hire me or anything like that. I just, I like to share it's stuff that I've either figured out on my own or that I've learned in the business. And so I feel like it's important to empower other people. And I, I will definitely help you out if I can. Yes. Well, thank you for being here, Cynthia. I can't wait to have you on again because I will. Thanks. I am. <laughs>